Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book creator and cool cat, Marcus Patton, about what comics he would take into a Solar Storm reset apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene. To support their work, you can become a friend of Comic Scene for just £20 a year. When you become a friend, you get access to premium content on the website, including Comic Scene Weekly, Newsstand Comics, Retro Comics, Comic Shop of the Week, and free comic downloads. To find out more, visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Marcus Patton. How's it going? It's going all right, George, yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a busy old day, um, but productive at the same time. So that's good. How's your day been? Um, a mixture of productive and kind of getting myself out of a melee. But yeah. Oh yeah. So, one second, one second. Where my feet are, no, I'm banging against something metal. So yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, I've moved the metal thing out of the way. So was it was it a metal melee? No, unfortunately, it was not a metal. It was a, it was a, it was a metal bin. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but so uh, yeah, no, I hope I hope that you uh, managed to get yourself out of that funk or um, whatever it was. Uh, but uh, for for the listeners um, who haven't come across you just yet, what do you do in the world of comics? Um, I primarily draw them, but I can also write them. I'm, I'm currently working on a series called. 13 shots of whiskey, which I'm writing, drawing, lettering, and doing the whole thing myself in seven weeks. If you're a publisher and think that's a useful uh, thing that you might want to use me for to create a, a comic soup to nuts in seven weeks, that's basically what I what I do. I create comics, prints, and commissions, and all that noise. Uh, amazing. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit more about 13 shots of whiskey because it's a it's it's an interesting concept. Well. Basically, um, it's a bunch of uh, genre pieces that I'm doing where I'm exploring uh, genres that I like. So, like the first one was a western, the second one was a hardboard uh, neon noir detective, and the third one I'm working on is basically like a horror action thing. Basically, if Dread was a Lovecraftian horror movie. So, yeah, awesome. That's what I'm, awesome. That's, that's currently what I'm doing. Fantastic. And where can where can people find that online? Uh, well, uh, basically, if you go along to um, Etsy, it's uh, Marcus, uh, the Etsy store Marcus Patton Draws. If you, uh, but the, e- the easiest place to find me is on uh, Twitter, which is uh, NJX07, and there's a link tree in that, which will lead you to everywhere. Or if you just go- Google Marcus with a K Patton Draws, you'll find me all over the, all over the place. I am uh, spread very thinly. yeah sure man um and uh, of course all those links from the show notes folks so go check check out marcus's work as we speak uh now um all of that aside unfortunately i've got some bad news for you um and uh that is that we've just been hit by a solar storm um, and for again, for the listeners that that haven't heard this one before, uh, that basically means an electromagnetic storm is emitted from the sun and wipes out the power grid 
on earth so we're basically sent back to the victorian era um and so my my first question for you marcus is what is your plan um of action for survival um i mean after the uncontrolled weeping uh i guess i'm going to get myself some (laughs) salt pepper and food preservatives and condiments uh, a book on how to pickle and yeah so i can serve food and then i'm gonna find a big strong man to hang around and have him do all the wood cutting and stuff because i am not useful in any way shape or form but i am big so i can carry stuff and my wife can cook so you know we, we, we'd be of use to the big strong man you know <laughs> or big strong woman uh, or those who find themselves betwixt I'm, I'm not gonna discriminate of course <laughs> no not at all anybody that's strong yeah, yeah. um sounds good to me fantastic and um where where are you headed you stay staying put where you are or have you got a particular place in mind i i live in i live in brixton so basically like yeah i'm staying here like you know you know if if, if ever was going to be a group of people who know how to uh cook and use preserved foods it's it's the caribbeans and stuff you know you know and then if if i need to be i can uh, hop up to like um to the Chinatown area and, and get myself some kimchi. So yeah, I'm staying in London. Nice man. It's all about the pickled foods. You you're onto something there. Um, it's good for your the, um, life, life, lifelong preservation. It's good <laughs> for your uh, uh, serotonin as well because basically your yes. uh, like it all p- comes from your stomach because like ninety percent of you isn't you and it's your tummy. And like if you're yeah. that happy, you'll be happy. You know. So even if the world came to an end, I'll, at least I'll be happy on the. Uh, because I won't be able to get any strawberries. I'll be happy on uh, on um, on uh, rotten cabbage that stinks of uh, uh, diarrhea. But at least I won't have it. So you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's all it's all about the gut microbiome for sure. Um, that's fantastic, Marcus. Now, um, whilst you're um, you know eating away all of your pickled foods with your wife and strong person um that you've managed to uh, cling on to um you're you're you start to reminisce about the the good old days when you know you were able to create comics um easily when you weren't pickling food or carrying wood or anything like that um and uh, the first question that comes up is what's the first comic you remember enjoying um, well, the first comic strip I remember enjoying uh, was Calvin and Hobbes. Um, that was just always a family favorite. But like the first comicy comic 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 thing, uh, like the like in the American kind of sense, would be uh, Deadpool uh, issue seven. Nice. And how did you come across that? Um, well, basically, um, I used I used to live in Cambridge, and then me and my family moved up to Newcastle, which was a terrible idea. I don't recommend it to anybody. And basically I needed something like familiar to cling to. And they have like a, a Newcastle has a fairly decent uh, forbidden planet. And so I went in there with my dad, there was a whole bunch of comics on about like, uh, and I picked up um, Spawn 44, I think, because uh, I was into the toys and stuff. Cause I was, like, it was about like, like 12 or some jazz. And they had, um, so like it was that. And then like they had the, uh, 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 Deadpool issue seven, which had this really stupid, uh, like uh, pun on the, uh, on the front saying "Love Spurts." So it's like he, as you see, his big, uh, big old roided out back with typhoid Mary staring at you. And I was like, "That's just a that's a that's a level of stupid dad joke that's on on, on my level." And 
I went for Burger King with my dad afterwards, and I was like pointing out, look, taxi, how funny this is. And he's like, oh, yes, son, fantastic. So happy. You know, so that's my that's my over-abiding memory of um of it. It's just basically, yeah, it, it just, it, one, it introduced me to uh, comics, and I, I'm, you know, I really, it was one, uh, like one of the first co- uh, comics that I picked up, I, I truly uh, dug and got into, because it, it was, um I think it was, it was Ed McGuinness on art. So I had like that kind of pseudo anime kind of thing going on. And like, I was into anime before I was into comics. I was like, ah, oh, this is, you know, so not only is a, um, is film and planet a shop I can cling on to. Cause like, ah, oh, I recognize that it also has tropings of, uh, of an art style that I was getting into to begin with. So yeah, that's why. Nice man. And so, yeah, it sounds like you were drawing at this time as well. Um, was I not, 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 no, not really. Uh, was I? I think I. Th- oh, it just I, kind of I, sounded like from the way that you said it, but I think um, yeah, I got into, you, you weren't drawing at this point then. No, no, my, I, I was, it's kind of hate. I think picking up Deadpool and subsequential comics because I then kept going back to because uh, got to the planet and picking up uh, X Men comics, which uh, had like Joe Madden and stuff, and like you know, uh, and then again, I was also while co while picking up the comics, I was also picking up anime and manga and stuff, and then. And Dragon Ball Z, as uh, back when Dragon Ball Z came on uh, Cartoon Network, so like the first proper like like anime was on TV, and it's like I can draw like uh, go, I can draw Goku and stuff, and I think I think it was kind of I I, uh, I think they were both pretty concurrent within within each other and stuff, and yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, so what, yes, but it, they were. Con- I don't think it. I don't think it started my. I don't think I was drawing much before then, but like I'd kind of like, oh, I could, I could do it. Uh, yeah, yes, and cool. basically, yes, yeah, kind of. It was it was starting you on the road, but uh, yeah, yeah, you, you hadn't properly properly started just yet. Um, and so, um, what what made you come to to draw? Um, what made me come to draw? Uh, I enjoyed doing it really. Um, I liked uh, it. It was a challenge. Um, I wasn't particularly. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know how how unpopular I was in in, in Newcastle, but like, I don't know. I wasn't that popular, and I don't know how much it was down to the fact that I'd gone from like a really comfortable setting in in Cambridge and stuff to being moved to one small village, which absolutely hated me, and then moving to a city where like where a part of ta- where a country where like. I don't know if you can tell from the accent, but I'm I'm from I'm from the south, so I don't pronounce my T's, and they all speak that weird like Geordie accent and stuff in Northumberland. So basically, I was ex- excluded by default, uh, and it's a case of like I had I needed stuff to do. So yeah, um, so don't you head into that, right? Yeah, pretty much. And I, I was like, I can I can do this, you know. So I was like, oh, if I and if I stick at this, you know, this, mm-hmm. I might be able to do get something out of this. Fair play, man. Fair play. That's awesome. Um, and so, where did the idea for thirteen shots of whiskey come from? Um, well, basically, uh, well, if you uh, uh, about um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was on uh, on furlough, so I thought, well, I can, I'm, uh, I should give this whole. Drawing uh, comics thing a go, and uh, I, I so I spent, I spent the first two years. Uh, 18 months or whatever the pandemic honing my craft and learning my skills and stuff and drawing this comic and then uh, 
uh, I, but like I was drawing it on my own. It's like I'm not. It's not. I I, I work better in part of a team and everything, even mm-hmm. though I can't work on my own. I work better in part of a team. So, uh, and I reached out to this cat called Devin Ascot, and uh, we did a a Hawkeye short, which I which I really liked, and we turned out really well. I thought, well, you know, we see, you know, you, you know, when you communicate with some cat, you're like you know, you and me, we've got a vibe. We can we can journal stuff. And I said, well, you know, have you got something else for me to draw? And uh, that turned out to be The Gateway, which was this Lovecraftian horror set on a farm in Alabama. And it's just like, and it was a, uh, our plan was essentially to, um, uh, was to uh, release this on, on Kickstarter. And then we both have uh, something out on, out in the big wide world to release. It didn't, uh, the Kickstarter failed. uh, And Devin didn't have like the second script for, um, the gateway issue two light up and i and i was full of like um of like cursed on you bugger it you bunch of bullies energy which is you know right a really roundabout yeah. way of saying that i'm full of like fu energy and so and yeah. so, I, so and i needed to turn that into something and i had a um and i had a um i had an inkling like i quite like drawing horses i like the idea of doing a western I'm going to draw me a Western and I'm going to call it the three deaths of this line and uh, expletive deleted. And then people were like, so I got into this and then I was like, maybe I shouldn't uh, title my, um, my first comic, uh, uh, and, uh, 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 a swear word in the title. I basically (laughs) asked around and stuff and people said like, no, that's a stupid idea. Call it something else. I was like, well, I can call it the three deaths of Willis Warhouse, but I, or, or actually, I really like the idea of calling the three deaths of this line, uh, Mother Effer. I know I'll call the book the Thirteen Shots of Whiskey, and I'll call the story the uh, the three deaths of this line, Mother Effer. But then I'd also mm-hmm. kind of cut the idea of the three deaths of line, uh, three deaths of Willis Waterhouse out there. So that and I thought, ah, oh, well, that's an, that's a better title. I can go with that. And also, like I, but I like the idea. I had kind of got in my in my head like. Well, this would be quite good as an anthology. Thirteen shots of whiskey. That's a good uh, title for a comic. That you'd be, you'd be a darn fool for not um, running with that as an anthology. So that's why the, the series is called Thirteen Shots of Whiskey. The first story is called uh, Three Deaths of Willis Waterhouse. The second story is called Burnt Ends, and the third story is called Nagar Gadar. Which, don't you worry, that's swearing in Hindi, so you shouldn't be. Uh, punished by the, um, <laughs> by the podcast guards yeah. yeah no that's awesome man that's awesome fantastic and just at the moment um the first two issues are out the first two issues are out now both from physical and digital yeah uh if yeah. you are london based it's uh mm-hmm. you can get copies from uh physical copies from uh gosh or you can come to uh, Jerry's Wines and Spirits where I work on Fridays and Sundays to pick up a copy. If you're in Manchester from, I think, maybe next week, you can get copies in The Travelling Man. There. As well. Cool, man. Awesome. Or you can get it from awesome. my Etsy. Yeah, as well. As well, of course. Fantastic. Uh, now, uh, back to um, this uh, this conversation in the solar storm reset that we're setting. Um, and the next question that comes up is what's the funniest comic that you've read? Uh, the funniest comic I've ever read um, is a Cal- uh, is a Calvin and Hobbes uh, strip, obviously, because it's Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, the funniest one they've ever did was um, basically uh, the dad walks into the living room and goes to, goes to the mum. If you see my glasses, she goes, no. And then Calvin walks in, slick back hair, glasses on. And he goes, um, Calvin, 
two things you hate. Being miserable builds character. And then the next panel is Calvin has left. The mum is on her f- on the floor laughing out loud, like head thrown back, uncontrollable uh, mm. hysterics. And then the dad goes, I mean, that was a pretty good impression, but that's a darn sarcastic kid we're, uh, we're raising there. And that's just stuck with me forever. I, I haven't found a comic sh- uh, strip that's been funnier than that in my however long I've been alive. Yeah, man, and it's going to be top. It's going to be hard to top that as well, because um, uh, obviously Calvin and Hobbes is an absolute classic, and yeah, uh, yeah it's a, it's a masterclass in um, in just emotions from being funny to sad and you know um, poignant and and everything in between. So um, yeah, man, um, that's it's great to have that 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 moment that you can always um, come back to. Yeah, I mean, like. Uh... Guys on um, on uh, kayfabe said like if you want like a really just a good uh, pleasant evening just return to those old found the hob uh, uh, tomes and books and stuff and just you know you know it's just a pleasant way to you know they're just doing joyous really. You bet that's awesome man. But also uh, now, I don't know uh, about you. Go on. I um yeah go on. Like because laughter is a is a communal thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really find myself picking up books. I know that comic books I. I know are funny or how funny, but I don't find myself like mm. picking them up and oh, and now I'm going to laugh out loud. Okay, so just a, a, a bit yeah. of mirth or chuckle. And I think the thing with Calvin Hobbes is the fact that my entire family read the books and stuff, so like everyone was in on the joke. But like, right. it's, not, it's not like a, not like a like a uh, like a prose book, but like those I find like oh, out loud funny. Whereas like comic books, I've, I've never apart from that one, I've never actually really picked a book uh, like a funny funny mm-hmm. comic book for. Oh, that's going to have me laugh out loud. It's just, it's, yeah totally it is it is more kind of like chuckles and stuff like that isn't it yeah um that you actually just have to yourself um unless you have that communal experience where you've kind of all read it and and maybe you kind of you know you you reminisce over one of the strips or something like that but uh yeah no um it's, it's it's difficult to to kind of get that emotion out from a from a comic book like if, did you ever really, read the, uh, simpsons bongo comics no oh uh, well i mean you don't really need to but like like the simpsons are arguably especially after like season uh 15 which was when i was watching them in my prime are the some of the funniest episodes of tv you will ever see like some of it mm. is like you know hysterical but like i never really read it laughed at the comics even though like there's pretty much the jokes are kind of the same but like it's case like the beats in them, just like, you know. I've never, and I've, I never really laughed at the Rugrat comic when I was reading it when I was really, really young. That that probably was the first ever comic I picked up was the Rugrats one. But like in my, it, maybe it's because I don't seek out comedy books. But like I never really laughed at the uh, Pinky in the Brain ones, all these kind of tying ones, or like, um, or like, like, uh, like Brian K. Vaughan will make me feel all the emotions. But like I've only ever really chuckled, but never laughed out loud at some of the stuff he's written. So. He's generally quite good at this comic making stuff. Even even uh, Warren Ellis's stuff doesn't really make me laugh out out loud, and so you kind of get the impression that's what he's aiming yeah. for. Yeah, it's difficult to to actually uh, achieve that, isn't it? Yeah, but um, so yeah, God bless the well, people who do. Is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, now uh, shifting gears a little bit um, onto the opposite of emotions, and that is, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Um. I mean, it depends on what, uh, what response you want. Do you want the uh, like the 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 a sad political one or the sad like made me feel icky one? 
Um, let's go for the first one. Okay, well, the first one is um, basically uh, uh, there's a, there's this graphic novel called um, Illegal, which is basically charts uh, the journey of these uh, of these brothers as they go from um, I can't remember which uh, which African country they uh, go from, but like they basically travel f- uh, through Africa through Sudan basically to um, get on uh, get to England because that's where uh, their sister has gone to. And it shows the, the absolute hardship that they go through. And it's really, it's a harrowing story. And in the last three pages, it's mm-hmm. essentially the older brother, because um, uh, they, uh, their only option really is to get on those uh, dinghies and go across the channel and stuff. And as so many of these things do, they collapse. And like the, the older brother, like the last thing you see of him is is, is just sprayed out in, in the ocean and stuff. Spoilers, but like, uh, and then his, and that's the last we see of him, and that's the last. And I, I, I think the the caption is like, the uh, the youngest doesn't even see his brother go under the waves and everything, and it's just like, you know, and it's just like, and and you, you look at it, and these, uh, they're they they're two young kids, all they're trying to do, is get to their sister, yet we're not allowing them to basically, for all intents and purposes, move, which is. A basic human right is to be like, I don't like where I'm living now. I'm going to move. And we deny them this this basic, simple human right. And we make them go on these perilous journeys for, for no real reason other than an innate cruelty. So like the, both the image is harrowing and the, re- the fact that it's based on a true story is harrowing. And the fact that like it's based on and the fact that the reason it happens happens because we've got such cruel and malicious governments who are like, People moving, that's a bad thing. No one should come, ever come to Great Britain, even though we got great in the title. You would think you'd want people to come over there and say, hey, we say we're, we say we're awesome. Look how awesome we are. I'm like, no, 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 you can't come here because you might, I don't know, not speak the Queens properly, you know. It's just, yeah. So both. It's brutal, and, 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 yeah. So that, yeah, cool. man. No, um, I looked at. I look, I did look it up um, based off of your uh, your recommendation, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it seems like it was. It's quite an epic journey um, that these people went on, and uh, yeah, as you say, quite harrowing yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, no, it's um, and I'm it's, uh, it's very sad and very thought provoking. Managed to do that entire segment about swearing. That's why I asked you if you wanted the political or the, or the rage inducing one. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate that. No problem at all. Um, now, um, shifting emotions once again. What's the scariest comic that you've read? Um, do you know who uh, Emily Cowell is? Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, uh, I was on on her website, and uh, it's the story where basically uh, a brother one again. Where basically the the brother kills his. One of the brother, a brother kills his uh, brother and dumps him down this hole, and then he appears uh, back in the village, but like even though he is dead, and, and it's like, and like, well, what's going on here? It's just creepy story, and the, the last panel where basically the um, uh, the um, uh, well, like like he goes down to the uh, the brother goes back into the woods to find out what happened, and then the the clone brother or whatever they just glares at him from behind a tree and maybe it's because it was like maybe two o'clock in the morning and it's a dark comic and i was reading in the dark but that scared the woodies out of me yeah really yeah yeah, no. yeah i was like oh that's this 
No, not a lot of comics do do that to me because even though I do make horror, it's not really something I experience when I read comics and stuff because only it's like you're controlling the page turn and stuff and it can only be a creepy image. Whereas like this was like, no, this is this is like movie level unsettling. This is a master of craft. Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, no, Emily's uh, come up on the on the pod quite a few times um within the scariest comic yeah. category um so you're not alone there and uh yeah no it's um so, some of it can be can be pretty horrifying yeah um, i think it's sure particularly, particularly at 2am in the morning yeah, particularly at 2am in the morning uh witches also had that effect on me but basically because i was yeah. uh, i was at my parents house in the back uh, in the back bedroom so essentially this old coal shed and my sister lent me a copy of witches and stuff and i'm like and I've been, and I used to sleep in this room all the time and stuff like. And I'm like, oh, there's there's a witch in that in in the ensuite bathroom and it just kind of creeped me out. No hint. No doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, now onto onto more positive vibes. Uh, what's your favourite cover? Um, Uncanny X Men th- uh, three hundred and forty eight. Basically, because I'm. I if you if you were to slice me open in twain and count my rings, you'd see a whole segment of me dedicated to X Men the animated series. And my favorite, absolute favorite character <laughs> is uh, is Rogue and stuff. And and cool. I, you know, I've and I love Joe Madiera. And it's basically in my in my heart of hearts, I'm just a, I'm just an emo essentially. So like this whole kind of like, <laughs> kind of melodramatic like kind of folding away for uh arms folded te- uh turning away from gambit with love tears us apart and stuff or divided we fall or whatever it's just like it's just a beautifully yeah. mended image and stuff like you know it's any artist has been more suited to draw uh rogue than joe madiera like just everything and i think it was also in like my like my beginning part of getting into comics and you know x-men was a was a way into comics for me because essentially like i was really into the animated show and it's like oh and, and then you know yeah I think yeah. I think even after all these years, uh, yeah, after all these years, I think that's my favorite uh, favorite cover. It's cool, man. And then there's a, there's like a the the page has been torn right down the middle. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. And I and I see that there's some red at the bottom of that. Is 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 does that tell us anything about the story? I do. I can't remember the red bit. Uh, uh, no, yeah, don't worry. It just looks like potentially it's either red light that's emitting from the bottom of the tear, or um, or maybe some blood. I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't know if that. I mean, obviously that that tells us they're divided. I mean, you know, the fact that they're back to back is that is they're divided. But uh, I've, uh, I, um, I think that might be. Uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing that's just like a a, a light. Um, Coloring choices to uh, break up yeah. the uh, the green and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Taylor. It's just, like the most of it is black, like all the way up. It's just at the bottom, like a bottom, like even maybe like a fifth of the bottom. Yeah, I'm, is, I'm uh, at it it's now. got red, like or something. I don't know. Strange, but uh, yeah, I mean, as you say, it's probably sa- just a, a choice. Yeah, I mean they're in the Savage Land and stuff, so I'm guessing it's just just there for texture. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Fair play. I mean, um, no, it's cool though. Maybe, yeah. maybe if I, I, uh, I mean, I haven't read this book in 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 eons, so maybe like this, it it, it uh, goes into the first uh, page. Well, mate, yeah. uh, I'd say it's, it's been an, awful, like an awful long time since I've actually read that comic. 
Yeah, no, no worries. Um, but that's a cool cover, though. Yeah, uh, I really like it. I was going, nice. I was going to get um, like Rogue. Uh, basically, I was going to get that the uh, album cover to um, I Hate Sally, uh, and and this picture I drew of this this chick uh, singing into the air, tattooed on 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 my stomach. I haven't. Cool. I, I probably won't do now, but that was my initial plan about ten years ago. <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. Uh, now, uh, moving on to our next question: What comic do you repeatedly read the most? Um. Well, uh, I one of the comics I recently returned to was a uh, uh, Maverick, for, um, like the Maverick series from the uh, the late night, basically because. Mm. Um, I uh, I think I heard someone. Yeah, you know, I, I think maybe on. I don't know. So I heard I heard someone say something about uh, about Maverick and say, like, oh, and he's like he's only a character from the early nineties and stuff. I was like, well, I've got the entire run of uh, twelve issues. I might as well give it a read and just to see if it holds up. And generally speaking, as far as these things uh, goes, it does. Uh, the artwork is fantastic, and I think issue four was like the first Maverick book I ever picked up, and when I was a kid, it was like the only, like I only had a handful of them. So I kind of reread that one. And I, so I think the fact that I both read it a, a bit as a child and, and then I reread it as an adult, that probably the one that classifies a book I've reread the most. Cause I don't, t- um, cause now that I'm, I'm an older man, not so much time on my hands and so many new things to discover. I don't tend to reread books. I tend to kind of just, mm-hmm. Uh, unless I'm reading a book to my child and stuff, it's a case of like, no, I'm, you know, I, I read it once and then I move on to something else because essentially I've got a big list of stuff to read and there's so many new things to discover. Sure, man. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know because I, I hadn't really come across Maverick before, but but what's what's his deal? Um, okay. Do you, uh, so um right so his deal is that as a mutant uh he absorbs kinetic energy and then he uh f- fires it out through his fists and stuff but he's also a uh, a marksman and stuff did you see uh wolverine origins yes you know that the the uh the chinese cat yes well basically if you imagine him but german no. Had superpowers and wore a <laughs> uh, um, uh, a mask over it, uh, like a gold mask over his face, and was called um, Ol- uh, Oliver North. And it was like, was he called? Oh, uh, then I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, there's many things wrong with that movie, and that's that was one of the major things with it. So basically, sure, yeah, uh, in the story point that I was reading, he uh, contracted the, uh, the legacy virus, uh, which is that thing that uh, the Silver Samurai in 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 the Wolverine released in in the comics, which was messing with his uh, superpowers and stuff. So, like he was, uh, so like uh, so he started off the book basically dying of mutant AIDS, and then he went into remission. And then his uh, the person who helped him go into remission, this uh, psychic, um, was uh, had a plan to um uh, to kill Sabretooth because uh, he killed her mum. While in utero, well, she was in utero, and she remembered it because she was psychic and stuff. And uh, so he's got to help her or stop her from going after Sabretooth. And then he's also got this uh, young uh, friend who uh, it was like this kid who was going to be on the X Men team, but the X Men like 
did something. I was like, no, and and so he he stormed off from them. I, this isn't in the comic. This is like it's in the previous issues, and so like, but he was still had full blown right. legacy virus, and Maverick was trying to hide the fact that he was in remission, and it's basically kind of like, uh, uh, and then he, uh, Maverick has to go up against this international crime syndicate and do uh, international James Bond stuff with a smattering of Wolverines, uh, old foes. So you got Saber Tooth, you got the Blob, you got um, uh, you uh, you got the Red Captain in it. You know the, the Russian Captain America. He's yeah. in that as well, and it's just, and it's all, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, you know, it's typical kind of spy stuff, you know, um, uh, very reminiscent of uh, of the Black Widow that Chris Ward and um, and Chris uh, Samley did. Mark Wade, who's who's who's? Did you interview yes. Mark, Wade? Mark Wade? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Him that's right. Uh, um, uh, him and Chris Samley's uh, uh, Black Widow. Basically, if you imagine that set in the late nineties. Or the extreme era, but more toned down by people who knew what they were doing, and and, and mm. uh, yeah, basically it's that. It's, it's actually Epic, it, it's actually really good. It, uh, I mean, maybe maybe I'm just looking through uh, rose tinted nostalgia when I'm getting all middle age and midlife crisis. Yeah, but that's I, okay. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it held up. It, I mean, especially because the artwork and stuff. There's only I think yeah. if one was to delve back into it, inspired by my brilliant synopsis. Uh, it's the first issue is really good. Second issue is kind of like where they dump all the exposition in it, and then the rest of it just kind of lets it lets it breathe because it assumes that you know who who Maverick and his characters are and stuff for the most part, you know. Because yeah. yeah, and it also That's was that cool. point in in Marvel where they had that kind of the gatefold where basically they would instead of having the characters give you like like. Exp- an expedition dump in the middle of dialogue and stuff while having a fight. So, well, well, we can put that on the inside page, introduce who the characters are, and give backstory so we can get on with the story. And you know, that's back when they were doing that. And then, I don't know why they stopped doing that. It seemed like a stupid idea to me, but yeah, essentially that's when uh, Marvel was doing that as well. Nice man, that's awesome, um, excellent. Uh, now, uh, moving on to our next question: What's the most meaningful comic to you? Um, uh, the most meaningful comic comic to me uh, would be uh, yeah, the Moon Knight trade that uh, Declan Shelby and um, I've, I've already said his name. I'm going to do that joke now. Yeah, De- uh, Declan Shelby and, and the, uh, Warren Ellis, not the guy from Bad Seeds, uh, did. Where basically, um, I uh, I used to be in a band, and like so many other bands, I stopped being in a band because I didn't succeed. And and I needed to express myself, and mm. I needed something to do because if I if I'm not creative, I get really itchy and stuff. Like I can feel it in my sure. my bones and stuff. And um, I always knew I could draw. That was one thing mm. I knew about myself that you, Marcus, you can draw. That's 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 a that's a technique you can do. But like um, and I thought, well, I might as well try getting back into drawing comics and stuff. You know, if, if I want to express myself. And then uh, serendipitously, I just I found that um. Uh, strip how naked video where uh, like the first one where he, he explains how uh, Declan Shelby frames the fight sequences in uh, in in Moon Knight and it's like oh that's really interesting and then so I picked up the trade and like I read that issue and it's like and it's like you know what I'm saying just clicks like oh I I see that I can I can see the inner workings the mechanics of it I can you know I you know like uh, I. I, I've peered behind the curtain and I can see the cogs working and I can, I could do that. 
and uh, I, I can like, and it also helped me give me like with, with the ship how naked. They kind of gave me a uh, like a way of like asking what questions to ask and how I should uh, how I should be more academic about it and stuff. And then like uh, like how I should direct the eye. Where uh, how what makes good composition, what makes for bad composition. Uh, yeah, mm. and it was just a book that kind of like, kicked off my like like, and this is how he, uh, one would go about creating comics and stuff. And then Saga was the book that reignited my love for the medium instead of just like the mechanics of making it. But yeah, the, the second oh. show is Moon Knight. It's just like it, in terms of like just a masterclass and like how how one makes and raises uh, tension in a medium that is essentially just twenty two pages long with only a finite amount of of uh, space yeah. and everything. And like where to where to include uh, back uh, backgrounds, where to drop them, where to how to direct it. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just an epic piece of work, and it's just like a like like you know like a re, uh, like someone working at the top of their game, uh, making a, an, an action comic. There, it's just like that is choice. That is awesome, man. It's good to it's good to have that reference um, point. Yeah, I mean, because like uh, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy used to be quite good at that on 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 Twitter before he bounced for whatever reason he bounced for. Uh, like it's like, like this is how you direct the eyes and stuff and like and and like and maybe because I'm, I'm I'm making it the inside of baseball of it. It's so I'm quite find that quite interesting and stuff. But like, yeah, nah, super cool, man. Um, and then going going off of that, what's the most underrated comic that you've read? Um, well, I I, I don't know how underrated this is. It maybe it's the fact that like um I've basically uh I went after I got my even my first or second vaccine, there's a uh, British Heart Foundation near, near to where I, I got it done, and they have a whole selection of comics. Like, and so I went in there, I was perusing, and I found a, a Wolverine Death Blow comic, and it, it was like two quid. Oh, that's, that's all right. I picked it up. I swear to God, even though it's just a corporate cash t- uh, tie-in, it's the most beautiful <laughs> comic I've ever laid eyes on. It is perfect. And it is exceptional, and it's just like it's just magnificent. Like it's really, 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 really good. And it's, and like this, and like the like the it's it the it starts off with basically you got like you got San Francisco and Wolverine's driving his uh, uh his his uh, bike, and it goes overhead like the like the Death Star going over some Star Wars and stuff, and then. Everything from that point onwards, just guess like the the the, the coloring is fantastic, the uh, draftsmanship's fantastic, the action is on point, and it it made a character like Deathblow seem interesting. But like it's just basically, yeah, I I, I don't know, maybe maybe it is more highly regarded than than I think, and maybe it's the fact that I found it for only two quid in in a in a, in a charity shop. But this is like this this seems like it should get a lot more. Gravitate because, like, especially if you look at the, the, the guy who drew it, like, I've looked into it, and like, essentially, he, I think, after this, he thought, you know what, I think this is the best I can possibly do. Off I go to be a fine illustrator and stuff. Because if you look at his previous work, it has it's nothing like this. And this is just, wow. this is just, so like, he's like, this is a, I've, I've achieved perfection in this medium. I don't need to. I'm already number one, baby. So why try harder? Drop the mic. Drop the mic. I'm out of here. Pretty much. (laughs) Fair play, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah. What's uh, so Deathblow isn't a character that I'm really familiar with. Um, (laughs) No one is. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so what's what's his deal? <laughs> um, Jim Lee read uh, Sin City, got a hard on, and then made a character. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, 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 I, I think, yeah, basically, from what I gather, like the whole premise behind him is like, like Jim Lee just wanted to do like a, a like a black and white uh, Sin City ripoff, and right. that's as about as far into it as I've been willing to willing to go into. Yeah, for sure, man. That's awesome, though. It's a, it's a good pitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if it worked, it worked. But it's against, like, I don't know. It's just, I mean, does that sound interesting to you? Like, like. Oh, well, like, it's it, it's, it's funny how you make cats. it sound. No. But. Uh. <laughs> Since it Wildcats, <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously, um, yeah, this comic they made they made something of it. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. And it's yeah, again, it like, I mean, like, you can, there's also th- things where you're given, like, like a thankless task, and you know what? I can either just bash this out, and, or I can, I can do something, I can do something with it. Cause, I, you know, like, yeah. it's only just a Wolverine story set in the, in the, uh, in the 1980s, and this cat happens to tag along and stuff. Like, but yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, 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 it's it has, it's far better than it had any right to be. <laughs> awesome that's great uh now coming on to our last question if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be i'm gonna take the uh bone uh one volume edition because it is huge and like yeah. <laughs> i but, you know the, the the last uh apocalypse that we had to suffer through was quite uh quite bloody tedious so i figured this book will just uh you know take me a while you know so that's that's yeah, basically that's why. And also, at the end of it, pretty good for for clubbing uh, you know, rats with and stuff, and you know, make a uh, make a fire out of it, or use it as a as as a as a as a pretty high chair. So you know, as well, all of it. It's got it all. It's yeah, a multi tool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then uh, on top of that, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? Um, I mean, I, I don't suppose I could say a big strong man is a as as an item or a tool, can I? Um, well, you know, there there is a tool, but yeah, know. I suppose there is. Um, <laughs> I was I I have I've been I've been trying to think about this, but like honestly, um, I think just the just the uh, the food items I took from before, because I, I I mean like yeah, like, I mean my my my. My thing is like I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm quite soft, but I'm also quite big, so I don't think many people would want to um, mess with me anyway. So like, well, I would just, I would just need yeah. things that I could then go like, well, hey, you could, you could try and, and, and fight me. You won't get too far. Hopefully, they won't push me on that. Or we can sit and eat this, this food that I've made and stuff. So like, uh, so nice, some, to, yeah, it's uh, like culinary skills, I guess. As uh, you know, like. Cool, like yeah. a culinary chest or something, yes, like you know, just all, 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 all of that with a pickling kit and and things. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. Nice, nice. Well, happy to provide you with all of that, Marcus, and uh, thank you so much for sharing your comics with the Apocalypse. Thank you for having me, man. As, as Apocalypse goes, this, this has been a this has been a pleasant one, you know. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Could have been worse, right? I mean, yeah, it wasn't tedious like the last one, so yeah, it was all good, all good. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and then, uh, do you have any um, comic cons coming up or anything like that? Um, I haven't 
I haven't been able to put myself onto them, but like I'm I'm thinking of uh, going up along to uh to Fort uh, Fort Bubble as a punter and trying to ingratiate cool. and, and and introduce myself to people because like basically I, I I've never I've only ever been to one uh, convention or two conventions mm-hmm. uh, before and like it's like I was like oh going to get to co- uh, comics might as well go along to a few of them and the world stopped so like this so I haven't really had a chance to go along and and peruse them and stuff. so so yeah. I, I, I just yeah. So, yeah. so head out to Thought Bubble. Yeah. I'll be there, man. I'll have a table. So make sure you stop by and say hello. I will That'd be awesome. Do. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Um, well, um, again, Marcus, thank you so much um, for for coming on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, as before, um, all your links are in the show notes. So, folks, go make sure you go check out Marcus's um social media and also his work on his etsy and um, particularly 13 shots of whiskey um and then do you have a timeline for when issue three is going to be out um it's going to be a little delayed because uh uh but i'm in the i'm in the middle of it now um i'm gonna say within it hopefully in the next four to five weeks or so so yeah uh cool yeah not far at all yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you a copy when it's done. Appreciate that. Awesome, sweet dude. Um, well, I look forward to to seeing you at Thought Bubble, um, in the in the winter, um, and uh, yeah, man, um, just best of luck with the with the rest of the apocalypse. Thank you, man. Oh, by the way, uh, for everyone out there, my bike is broken, so my commissions are open. So if you can help me fix my bike, I take that as a kindness. You know, yes. Headshot start at thirty what thirty five quid. The pimp nice one. <laughs> well, hire me right. to draw you a comic. I'll do that too. As well, as well. Perfect, man. Um, cool. Well, thanks again, Marcus, and uh, see you soon, mate. See you soon, baby. Ta-ra. Thanks again to Marcus for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Marcus's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.